the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here we are at hour three of the Randy Corcoran Show. And yes, it is Matt Dunn, the Backbone Radio guy, on board in here on my Sunday show, 4 to 7 p.m. And we will not be in tomorrow on Christmas Eve, but here we are on December 23rd, 2023, uh, two days before Christmas. And I, I listen to those weather forecasts. I don't know if we're going to get snow. I want snow. But we got a little rain tonight. And by the way, I walked into the studio, and I don't know, it was kind of hot in here. It was already like 75 degrees, and I turned, uh, tried to turn the temperature way down, and it's only gone to 79. So either the air conditioning is not working, <clears throat> or host Dunn is bloviating such hot air tonight that even the AC in this room can't hold me back and i have raised the temperature four degrees in this room and um i'm not sweating yet but maybe i'm about to by the time i get through this hour wanted to bring a bunch of stuff in to the program maybe we'll talk about best books of the year at some point but i wanted to get a quick thing or two in reince Priebus, i think nails it on the uh mood of the American voter right now. You know, the establishment, they're all, uh, oh, no, you know, Trump's Hitler and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, Trump says, A, the voting base, the voters in this country, 2024, can't wait to show a middle finger to the establishment and a bigger middle finger, the better. And Reince telling it, Reince, this guy, he's... Not your toughest individual, kind of wimpy if you ask me, but I think he's got this one right. Let's hear him say it. I remember you as RNC chair kind of fighting so hard to get him to condemn David Duke when David Duke endorsed him. And I remember you in in, in the White House trying to, you know, keep him within the guardrails. Do you worry that... You know, is he, is he, does he rushes towards this nomination that, that, that he's going off those into those places that you tried to keep him from going? Um, not particularly, because I think that I think you're all misreading the electorate. I, I think that the electorate is not looking for less blood. I think they're looking for more blood. I think that people are more angry about crime than they've ever been before. I think they're more angry about the border, the fentanyl, the sanctuary cities, the boys competing against girls in sports, schools out of control. I think, as I've said before, people are looking for a bigger middle finger this time than they were in 2016. And I think so. No matter how you're, you're misreading this, I, the, people are angry. And, they, and, and on the other side, you know, you got President Biden, who's losing young voters, who's losing black voters. Uh, the polling couldn't be worse. And unlike Barack Obama in 2011, Democrats would have walked over glass for Barack Obama. Democrats today, they say 75 percent. We wish we had a different candidate. So it, it, it matters who you're running against, too. And it also matters what the state of the country's in. And this is a perfect storm. 
Yeah, and you heard the um, elites on the media setting up their usual elite categories, David Duke stuff. And by the way, I think David Duke endorsed Biden in 2020. Somehow, then the media didn't cover that, right? <laughs> anyway, um, but Reince says, hey, the voters want to show a huge middle finger to the ruling class. They're angry over crime, the border, sanctuary cities, the economy, men in women's sports. Go down the list. And I think Reince Priebus has a pretty accurate read and the establishment thinks their little games are going to get them through. We're never going to talk about the issues. They're never going to talk about, you know, yeah, what I just said, crime and the border and the economy. They're, they're not going to talk about that stuff. They're going to try to brainwash you into thinking the economy is actually okay, which it is not. And the American people know that. We're going to try to tell you uh, the economy is better than you think it is. You know, mm-hmm, they know better. Barbara Streisand's out there saying, oh, oh, you know, the experts were wrong. You know, the economy is actually pretty good in Biden's America. Um they're bringing Barbara Streisand out to say that stuff. Oh, does that make you feel better? Yeah. Anyway, that's where we are on all of that. Now, I've been talking a bit about different topic here. Like, what makes different politicians sort of knuckle under to, to the establishment? What makes people like Ken Buck go from swamp drainers to swamp joiners, okay? What makes, like, a Mike Pence stab Trump in the back? What makes a DeSantis stab Trump in the back? You know, where do all these backstabbers come from? And I was saying that, you know, Mike Pence, if he ran a campaign properly and came out and said, you know, Trump was a great president, he did all these things that were so wonderful— and I'm running, you know, to do the same stuff that we did when I was vice president. I mean, he would have had a lot better campaign than where he ended up dropping out at like 2 or 3% in the polls, tail behind his legs, completely humiliated before the world. But what makes them humiliate themselves? I mean, what makes them go down in flames like this? Because, you know, when they backstab Trump, they end up, you know, like Liz Cheney losing by 40 points in Wyoming, as another example. Anyway, Representative Tim Burchett in Tennessee went on the Benny Johnson show and was saying that, oh, you know, Congress people are blackmailed, blackmailed all the time. And I thought, you know, that's one thing maybe, you know, do you have intelligence agencies blackmailing our politicians in mass? And this Tim Burchett guy says that that, is actually the case. And uh, because we were debating it last week on the show, I thought I'd just throw this out there. This this is what a congressman is saying happens in the Beltway. And whenever you're sitting around puzzling over, gosh, how come this politician totally changed their stripes and started endorsing everything deep state, everything rhino, everything ruling class? Well, here's Tim Burchett, maybe with a thought. Uh, Congressman, you represent the state of Tennessee. Marsha Blackburn has been completely blackballed in the Senate for asking for these flight logs to be released and for this client list to be released. It seems like now you are fighting with her uh, in the House. Why the protection mechanism? And more importantly, um, you mentioned recently in an interview that there may be some members of Congress who are personally compromised by this and they don't want the truth to get out. Can you expound on that? 
Yeah, 100%. You got powerful people and they write the big checks. Well, let's be honest. In powerful people in this country, they write the big checks. And they, you know, they're the ones out on the tarmac when the president comes and visits and, and whichever party they're in. They always either out on the tarmac or in the private room. They're the ones that write the big checks. They don't care who's in. They hate this country. They hate what we're about, but they love their portfolios and they love their money more than they do anything else. And they protect it and they protect the people that that do that. And by doing so, you know, the old honeypot, the Russians do that. And I'm sure members of Congress have been caught up. Why in the world would would good conservatives vote for crazy stuff like what we've been seeing out of Congress? It's how it works. You're visiting, you're out of the country or out of town or you're in a motel or bar at in D.C. and some whatever you're you're into women or men or whatever comes up and they're very attractive and they're laughing at your jokes and and they and you're buying them a drink. Next thing you know, you're in the motel room with them naked. And next thing you know, you know, you're about to make a key vote. And what happens? Some well-dressed person comes up and whispers in your ear. Hey, man, there's tapes out on you. Were you in a motel room on whatever with whoever? And then you're like, uh oh, and said, you really ought not be voting for this thing. I mean, you know, and what do they do? It's human nature. And, um, you know, no man or no woman actually is an island and they know what to get at. You know, if it's women, drugs, booze, it'll find you in D.C. and in most elected offices. And that's what people of power and influence do. And it's just, you know, I've been in this game my whole life. I spent 16 years in the state legislature in Tennessee and eight years as county mayor. And now I'm in my fifth year of Congress. But it, it's just it, it, the stakes are higher, but the, but the game is still the same. Oh, Interesting. That's Representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee, who's saying, you know, hey, why do conservatives, you know, vote for this crazy leftist stuff? And he says these folks, a lot of them are blackmailed, blackmailed. Oh, they find themselves and to use his Tennessee accent naked, (laughs) naked (laughs) in a hotel room. Ah, yeah. So just factor that one in there. And you always hear this, you know. You always hear these stories. You wonder why you don't hear more of them, why there aren't more folks like Tim Burchett calling this stuff out naked. Naked. Is that how you say it? Um, And that's maybe how policy gets made in this country. (laughs) Well, well, you do have to wonder... Now, before I do the phone lines, hang in, you know, uh, naked. Yeah. (laughs) We're having some laughter from other people in the studio here. The studio is still 79 degrees. Yeah. And it's going to get hotter, right? Anyway, uh, wanted to get this in about Tucker Carlson before the phone. Hang on on the phones. Hang on. Got to get this in. Tucker Carlson is saying he doesn't want to be the VP. He's more commonly known as the gas and flat kid. Would let's, you consider being hey, Sorry, I hit that too soon. Um, my, It was a hot finger in the hot studio. But Tucker makes the case against himself to be vice president for Trump. But if you listen to what Tucker says in this, I think he's describing the exact right qualifications that we need in the ideal Vice President for Donald Trump in this existential moment for the United States of America. Okay? I think we need people who will say no to the gulag. 
as Donald Trump is doing, as Tucker Carlson is doing, as Elon Musk is doing. People who are saying no to deep state rule, to unelected rule, to ruling class corruption, malfeasance, the rest of it, to the Nazis and the fascists and the Stalinists and the Mussoliniites we happen to have on the Supreme Court of Colorado, (laughs) anti-democracy tyrants we have here, embarrassing to be a Coloradan. Luckily, the dude captures what's going to happen to these folks. This aggression will not stand, man. Man? I'm telling you. Anyway, but Tucker, here's his making the case against himself, but I think he's only making a better case for himself. Guess more commonly known as the gas and flat kid. Would you consider being vice president for Trump? <laughs> it's, it's funny you ask. There's a phrase in Western Maine that I, I just love. I don't know nothing about that stuff. That's the phrase. And I feel that way. I feel like there's this weird temptation for people when they, like, do something for, I mean, I've done the same job literally for 32 years, so, you know, and you get good at something if you do it enough. You know what I mean? That's why you want to go to the knee doctor who does it eight times a day. And if you, you know, get to middle age and you're like, oh, I've been, you know, relatively successful in my own stupid field. I'm good at this. I I think I'd also be a great landscape painter or hip-hop artist or movie producer you got to shake yourself and say, no, actually, that's a very recognizable syndrome that afflicts mostly men, but also Nikki Haley, who may or may not be real. And politics, well, I've followed it all my life, of course. With every passing year, I become more repulsed because it becomes ever more repulsive. And I honestly, I don't think I could be around that. It's just impossible to imagine myself ever getting involved in something like that, and not because I'm afraid, because I'm not afraid at all. I don't really care what happens to me, and I mean that, I mean that, but because how would I be good at that? Do you know what I mean? I just, I don't think I would. Well, what you just heard is the perfect set of credentials, the perfect mindset, frankly, for the ideal vice presidential running mate with Donald Trump in 2024 campaign. He's modest. He says, I I wouldn't be good at that. You want somebody who, who understands that they think they might not be good at it. They don't just want the power for power's sake. Okay? And the courage to stand up there and say, I don't care what happens to me. I don't even care what happens to me. That is courage, folks. That is, that is the mindset required to say no to the gulag, to take on the deep state right there. Okay? Fearless. That's that's fearlessness from Tucker Carlson. He has been acting completely fearless the last several years, but especially after he got fired from Fox News for going against the establishment grain. They got rid of him. Fearless. Doesn't care what happens to him. This country is dying. We are losing this place. It's an existential moment for the United States of America. We need somebody on the ticket like this who has the appropriate modesty, the appropriate courage, the lack of fear, not caring what happens to him, but who's putting it all on the line to be a voice for truth, to say no to the gulag, and to try to save this place before it goes away altogether. This country... The light that shines on a hill 
as Ronald Reagan used to used to say, we're losing that light, folks. We're losing that light every day. All these predations, all the propaganda, all the hoaxes, all the stupid stunts, like the Colorado Supreme Court just pulled, and they actually say it's in the name of democracy. Absolute fascist, ladies and gentlemen. We're losing this place. We need these kinds of people who are immune to blackmail as well. Going back to what Burchett was just talking about, they've come after Tucker for years and have gotten nowhere, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the kind of people you need who can stand up to the fangs that are lurking out there behind that curtain. And so I'll rest my case on that. And I'll tell you what. I better do the the quick break. And again, apologize on the phone line. If you can hang on through one, we'll start right when we get back. It's Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. Let's take that little break. Be right back. Yeah, here we are. It's Matt Dunn in for Randy Corcoran. And yes, I've had a few people notice we didn't quite have time to plug in the Christmas music. And that happens when I guest host. Um, When I do my normal music thing... Over on Backbone Radio, we'd be slamming you with the Christmas tunes. But, you know, it's just a little different production scenario when you are in for a different show, just as an FYI. And again, I'll be out of Backbone tomorrow, 4 to 7 p.m., but really honored to be in here today for Brother Randy. And I'll tell you what, um, people just love Brother Randy. I'm always getting texts and compliments, and people are always telling me about how much they enjoy his work on the radio. And so, uh, yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back, uh, I believe, next week, though I guess I haven't formally talked to him. At any rate, let's get to some hellos here. And Dave and Centennial, apologize for uh, having you hang on there for a minute, but welcome, Dave, and what's on your mind, sir? Hey, Doc. Um, I normally, the only time I ever listen to 710 is you and Randy. Um, other than that, the rest of it is just hate Trump. But I happened to tune in to Georgia's show this week, and they were discussing the Supreme Court decision in Colorado. Yeah. And they were talking about Krista Kaper, and he said, well, you got to understand, Krista Kaper really is a conservative. And I, I just it just caught me, and I said, I know you're part of the hate Trump scenario with uh with uh, Boyles and uh, Jimmy and the rest of them. But when he said, you got to understand, she's still a conservative, I thought, God, help us. So I just wanted to let you know, no matter what you say about Krista, she is still a conservative. Um, well, you know, what does that word even mean anymore and, you know, Krista Kafer, friend of mine, uh, she and I have done a lot of radio together, actually, but it's going back many years ago. And um, I don't know exactly what she's doing in the radio world now. But um, you would say Krista is certainly not an America firster. And, um, you know, and I want to be respectful of somebody who, you know, I know like this, but... Uh, I would say this, that I know that Krista Kafer has been a, a strong advocate for the pro-life cause in her career, which might be a, quote, conservative credential. However, when Donald Trump became president and appointed the Supreme Court justices who overturned Roe v. Wade, right, for the first time in, uh, like, 40 years, 
of conservatives talking about the abortion issue and the RNC raising money off the abortion issue, something actually finally happened. It was because of Donald Trump. And I don't know if, uh, you know, like if Krista Kafer was really caring about that issue, the abortion issue, would would that make her want to praise Donald Trump and praise the work of Donald Trump and praise him for having been president kind of thing? And I don't know if she's commented on that or said much about that, but apparently, you know, if she's part of the group that wants to see Trump off the ballot uh, in Colorado, um, and somehow there's a lot of Soros money involved in that effort, and I don't see it as a serious effort, um, you know— uh, you know, I guess you have to wonder a few things, right? And uh, again, well, I, I, I only want to say good things about about Krista, but you know, so many of my friends, you know, I mean, we when she and I would do radio, we we would just disagree about you know most every issue, most all of every show, you know. And uh, it, by the way, it was kind of like that when I've done some radio with Jenna Ellis, we, you know, and Jenna Ellis was a diehard never Trumper when I did radio with her back in the day, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, uh, Jenna then sort of changed a bit, but now she's changed back to her original sort of stripes, right? Um, well, well, all I can say, Doc, is thank God for you and Randy, and I hope you and your family have a merry, merry Christmas and a happy New Year. Stay yes, safe. yes, Take indeed, care. Dave. Hey, thank you very much, and um, I appreciate that. Merry Christmas to you, Dave, in Centennial. Bye-bye. Right on. And uh, once again, you know, I mean, when you uh, have people that, you know, you've known for many years and you disagree with, you know, you want to do it civilly and you want to do it respectfully. Um, but I can't say it's always reciprocated. <laughs> and that um, oftentimes I will take heat from certain quarters that uh, but uh, but I don't uh, I don't do that um, in return if that makes sense to anybody. Um, but, uh, eh, you know, and uh, should I, could I say this, that um, some people have a, a desire for attention, attention, attention-seeking behaviors. And I'm not saying that in the present context, but, uh, but I'll just, just dropping that out there, that, uh, that little statement. Regarding part of why I think this is not a serious movement, you know, with this business of throwing Trump off the ballot. I mean, there's a, there's a few more things that I, I wanted to get in here. And we're talking about Tucker Carlson a little bit just now about how I think he'd be a great vice president. And I, I hope he will consider it. OK, but um, his commentary on this Colorado caper Soros funded deal, um, I think is pretty spot on. And Midway through this clip, there's some quotes from Jenna Griswold, our Secretary of State, who some people say is also Soros-funded Secretary of State here in Colorado. But let's, let's get this one in. This was pretty puzzling to watch. Whatever else January 6th was, and in some ways we still don't know exactly what it was, it was not a Trump-led insurrection. The crowd had no guns. They had no plan to overthrow the government. Nothing like that has ever emerged. And above all, Trump was not leading it. He was miles away at the White House at the time, where he issued a public statement calling for calm and nonviolence. So why were the people on television telling us that Trump led an insurrection? This was, of course, a lie, but it was also a very obvious lie. 
So clearly we are watching the rollout of a talking point, words crafted for a specific purpose. But what was the purpose? We got an answer to that question yesterday when the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that because he led an insurrection, Donald Trump's name cannot appear on the state's ballot next fall. The four liberal judges who concluded this cited as their justification Article 3 of the 14th Amendment, which was written in 1868 to keep former Confederate officials from holding office. That was the sum total of their reasoning. Despite the fact Donald Trump has never been convicted by any court of insurrection, and although the 14th Amendment specifically does not apply to the presidency, Donald Trump cannot run for president because he's an insurrectionist. This seemed like lunacy because it was lunacy. 3,000 miles away in El Salvador, there was no question about what was happening. The United States has lost its ability to lecture any other country about, quote, democracy, wrote Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele. And yet in this country, no one on the left dared say that. Instead, Donald Trump's enemies celebrated. The Atlantic magazine expressed gratitude that unelected judges had, quote, rescued the country from the desires of voters. Because actually, that's democracy. And then there was Jenna Griswold. That's the Colorado Secretary of State. You may not have seen her before, but you will instantly recognize the category she represents. Unhappy 39-year-old liberal women with Ivy League degrees and a deep streak of authoritarian impulses. Here's Griswold on MSNBC last night explaining that a conventional legal process is no longer necessary for the left to get its way. No more trials or evidence or jury verdicts. An accusation made on television is now enough to remove a frontrunner from the presidential race. If Nancy Pelosi and Joe Scarborough call you bad, Americans are not allowed to vote for you. Watch. Look, I believe he incited the insurrection. There were big questions around Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, and the Colorado Supreme Court has weighed in in a very loud way, making themselves clear. Frankly, we've never had a president try to steal the presidency and engage in insurrection uh, ever before. So Trump's actions are unprecedented. The Colorado Supreme Court confirmed that the district court got it right, that he did engage in insurrection. I think uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment has to apply to the presidency, because if not, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. And in a country of laws where no man is, is above another, um, we can't have one office be able to do whatever they want when it comes to rebellion and then be able to be seated in office again. None of this seems very American. All of it looks like the actual end of democracy. Yep, the actual end of democracy. Tucker Carlson, pretty good encapsulation of the career, the mindset, the viewpoint of our Soros Fund Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, if you want my opinion. That's where we are, and I'm blending in different commentators on the embarrassment of being a Coloradoan right now with generous helpings of the big Lebowski. This aggression will not stand, man. That's the point, ladies and gentlemen. And I wanted to get Newt Gingrich in here as well. Newt Gingrich calls them straight up fascists, the fascist left. As I've been saying, no holds barred on this program. Newt. Joining me now is Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House and Fox News contributor. Newt, um, there have been a, a number of concerns raised 
by how this lawfare, as we just discussed in the last segment with two former Supreme Court clerks, I made three of us, about how this is being used to short circuit the electorate. And yet, and yet we, have, we have Republicans even out there saying, oh, well, if this happens and we'll move on as a country. Do you think that all will be well if for some reason the Supreme Court does not correct what was done in Colorado? No, I think this is a potentially catastrophe. A million three hundred and sixty thousand Coloradans voted for Donald Trump in the last election. Four lawyers want to block him from being on the ballot. That means uh, basically for every three hundred and forty thousand Coloradans who voted for Trump, one lawyer is stopping him. Uh, That's a system of establishment arrogance that's not sustainable. Uh, And the last great effort like this was the 10 states that refused to put Abraham Lincoln on the ballot in 1860. Uh, The American people are not going to tolerate, and I hope the Supreme Court fully understands this, the American people are not going to tolerate being told that they're not allowed to have a choice for who they want to have as president. This is not Venezuela. It's not Nicaragua. It's not Cuba. And I think the Democrats are dangerously close to causing the kind of confrontation that would be truly disastrous for the country. Now, to that point, um, I want to play something that the lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, floated on our show last night, Newt, got a lot of attention. Watch. Seeing what happened in Colorado makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president. Newt, I mean, uh, look at what's happened to America with this open border. I mean, it, it, that in and of itself is it's its own type of of insurrection against sovereignty, against the sure. rule of law. So, I mean, well, is this not a natural well, reaction if this is the precedent they set? Yes. Look, Biden's illegal immigration policy, which leads to Biden's illegal immigrants, is a disaster and it's deliberate. It's not there's not a failure on the border. There's a deliberate policy on the border to maximize the number of people who come in. The next stage will be for the left to demand that they be allowed to vote, even though they're here illegally. Uh, You can see the whole process. And that's why we are, I think, moving dangerously close to a really genuine confrontation over the very nature of America. You've seen it on the college campuses. Uh, with the anti-Semitic uprising in favor of terrorism uh, and a realization that the universities are wildly out of control and teaching things that are just plain crazy. Uh, There is a point where the average American is going to say, this is totally wrong. I think what President Biden said today is proof. The people who want to destroy democracy are the Democrats. Ask Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's been blocked at every stage. Ask the people from no labels who've been fought in every state. Uh, the Democrat idea is they get to win because no one else gets to compete. And I think that the average American, as they realize that, the level of anger at the Democratic Party is going to become dramatic. Do you think, Newt, civil unrest is a possibility here if this continues, if these types of attacks against real the democratic process continues? Well, I think what what, uh, you heard last night from the Texas contingent tells you, you know, this is still a country where states have enormous levels of freedom. Uh, And if we're going to get into a real knockdown, drag out fight, 
uh, you, you, which would be crazy. Let me, let me emphasize. Where we are right now, what the Democrats are doing right now, is insane and is in danger of tearing apart the whole society. But you could imagine a circumstance in hardline Republican states where they have absolute control of the legislature and of the governorship. There are probably 10 or 15 or 20 states that could strip the Democrats off the ballot. That would be nuts. It would be totally yeah. wrong. Uh, but that's what that's what they are setting up is that what you now have is basically <clears throat> a fascist Democratic Party who believe in government control, government domination. And by the way, in a number of states like Michigan and California, they've passed laws strengthening the governor's ability to have emergency power, which I think is very, very foreboding, mm -hmm. given how much they abused it in 2020. Right. Well, Newt, uh, these are these are scary times, but let's hope cooler and more constitutional yes. heads prevail. Thank you. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that's Newt Gingrich saying fascist Democratic Party. And that was even making me choke on that word. Fascist Democratic Party, says Newt Gingrich. Civil unrest. That's probably what they want, ladies and gentlemen. They want civil unrest. <clears throat> they want to see that. Perhaps if they could get martial law going on in this country, they could cancel the 2024 elections, could the ruling class. Another provocation, another Fed surrection, kind of like J6, ladies and gentlemen. Do you see that? Zelensky has canceled elections in Ukraine. Don't you know that our own ruling class would love to do the exact same thing? At any rate, working in a bunch of different commentators in this highly embarrassing moment in fascist Colorado. Matt Dunning for Randy Corcoran. One more segment after this. Be right back. Matt Dunning for Randy Corcoran. Tonight, here we are at the very end of the program basically little kid rock action there yeah kid rock likes to show up at these ufc events with trump and the lid gets blown off the roof of those stadiums when trump makes the grand entrance and i tell you they're nervous they're so afraid of trump the democrats are and the uniparty is and that's why they're doing all these stunts and we can never talk about issues it has to be one stunt after another they do not want you to talk about any of the issues because Trump pulls ahead of Biden on all of the issues by 10, 20, 30 plus points. You have to understand that that's how you lose the country. If we spend all our time having to deal with these stunts. But gosh darn it, I guess we just have to on a night like this. Vivek Ramaswamy has taken a stand for a principle. He's pulling himself off the Colorado ballot voluntarily until Donald Trump is restored to the ballot and I want to get more voices in here, so let's hear Vivek's voice. I, I approve this message here. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we the people select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. 
That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake. Whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing or else they're complicit in what this security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand by that and I expect them to do the right thing. Man, is that great from Vivek. That is a stand for principle. That is impressive and so well spoken throughout that clip. When you listen to these podcasts, sometimes you might have to hear those twice Who is complicit in all of this? Yeah, that would be Chris Christie. That would be Nikki Haley. That would be Ron DeSantis. Is Ron DeSantis, is he going to uh, take a principled stand, showing some spine, as Vivek said? Or is he going to just run with this? Oh, wow. Maybe I could get, here's my opportunity. Here's my chance. Now that the deep state is going after Trump, I can benefit. Because I say yes to the gulag. I say yes to these Stalin activities. And real quick, fellow GOP 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy saying he will remove himself from the Colorado ballot unless Trump's eligibility is restored. Would you do the same? No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. But I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states. And I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. Oh, as I've been saying from the beginning, yes, as host Matt Dunn over on Backbone Radio has been saying from the beginning, the entire DeSantis play here is to try to help get Trump taken out by the deep state and let him then suddenly have the window and the lane to be the nominee. Unfortunately, he's so bad and so untalented and unskilled and uncharismatic that that's not going to happen for DeSantis. But that's been his game all along. Yes, I've been there. I've been there all along. It took a little heat early on when I was pointing this out. But now the proof right there, those delegates are mine now. (laughs) He's not going to get him, but he's not going to take a principled stand like Vivek is taking, of course. And it's not good for DeSantis. Um, the Never Back Down Pack has gotten has shedded all their staff. They have no money. But uh, apparently, according to uh, a group that studies political advertisement uh, purchases, the Ron DeSantis PAC has canceled all of its 2024 reservations in Iowa and New Hampshire. And this organization has tracked cancellations totaling $2.5 million 
DeSantis campaign swirling the bowl out of money, going nowhere. Nikki Haley is taking whatever voters DeSantis may have accumulated, which, again, is single-digit kind of stuff in the polls. Uh, <clears throat> one more Tucker Carlson on this is that how did DeSantis go so wrong? I mean, on Twitter the other day, at Backbone Radio, I was saying that what would DeSantis do? You know that phrase, what would the founders do? What would Jesus do? What would DeSantis do? This, DeSantis is the most cautionary tale ever. This is like the worst campaign ever run. And so for as long as there is human existence on Earth and there are political candidates on Earth, they will do the opposite of what DeSantis would do. All political candidates will do the opposite of the what would DeSantis do question. Tucker Carlson sums up a nasty part of it. Obviously, the candidate awful but and i'm just speaking the truth here it is bad a fake astroturf ugly campaign in which nothing worked they were always backbiting each other firing one another i mean they cycled through that staff so quickly and it was the billionaire donors that like they said desantis we want you to be all for this ukraine war and then he was all for it all of a sudden you see Anyway, Tucker Carlson nails it on DeSantis's really nasty people uh, online, the social media influencer types. Can I just ask a question since you all are so on the Internet and <laughs> like I'm not that much? Um, you really get the sense that Ron DeSantis, who I liked as governor, uh, the people who represent him online are the nastiest, the stupidest and the most zero sum people I've ever yes. seen in my life. And I don't think that reflects him, but it's like. This is kind of small ball. And by the way, these purported conservatives, Ron DeSantis changed his view. And I like him. Okay, I think he's been a good governor. I just want to be clear about that. I know him personally. I like him. But his donor, Ken Griffin, told him to change his view on Ukraine from it's a regional conflict we shouldn't get involved in to it's a super important thing. We should send more money. One donor got him to change his view. And all these so-called conservatives are supporting that like it's the most important thing ever. I, like, who are these people and what is their problem? Like, what is going on with them? It, it does reflect on Ron because Ron should have fired the people running his campaign a long time ago. Uh, look, I, I respect that he wanted to launch his campaign on X, on Twitter Spaces yeah, at the time. Yeah, I agree. And it, and it failed miserably. This is a mistake. And now you've got, uh, look, I know a lot of people groan, but a lot of people laugh. The high heels, you know, boot scandal. I mean, who's giving this guy advice and why does he keep taking it? Because I, I will say it politically and, and policy-wise, we love Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He's done an amazing job. I agree. But his campaign is a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. The worst campaign ever. But you can't absolve DeSantis from all of this and say, oh, he just hired the wrong people or, oh, you know, he just wasn't quite ready for this or whatever. I don't think DeSantis is a nice guy or a good guy or a smart guy or a talented guy or a charismatic guy. He does not have it. He's fake. Okay. And that's what the problem is. It doesn't center around the staff and the money and all that. It centers around... Ron DeSantis himself just being a god-awful candidate. Okay. All right. And I guess I didn't do as much Christmas stuff as I was wanting to, but here we are on December 23rd. I hope we can get a little snow, a little, little snow come down before then. But just personally, Matt Dunn here, I just want to give a big, warm set of Merry Christmas wishes and spreading the spirit of Christmas on whose birthday is it again? December 25th? Ah, oh, we know the answer to that. 
Merry Christmas, one and all. And I always say, in spite of it all, in spite, I mean, you can look at politics and you can get all flummoxed and distraught, but that's where the contemplative player, prayer of the Desert Father, I did a big segment on that last week. Breathe through it all. Breathe through it all. And know that whatever these deep state stunts and tricks they're coming up with in the future is going to be endless stream of them until November. These are the people that are going to be defeated and need to be defeated. They see the checkmate on the wall. They are so afraid. They know they can't beat Trump in a fair election. They know they can't beat Trump if people are allowed to decide who they want to vote for. <laughs> and so they're down to this kind of stuff. They can't beat Trump on the issues. They can't beat Trump on filling up stadiums and the crowd sizes. And they can't beat them in the polls right now. They'll try to come up with stuff, but know that those are the things that backfire on them. They're at that point where things backfire, and you just got to straight up stand in there and defeat them. Don't be intimidated by the deep state sharks showing their fangs. All right. John, thanks for the great work back there, young man. No backbone tomorrow, but we'll be back 2024 loaded and ready for action. Big Merry Christmas to backbone country, to Randy Corcoran country. Love everybody. Let's be in the spirit and let us not be troubled. Until next year. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.